My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. And we are live with The Art of Attraction with Dominique Drew. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a fantastic episode for you today. Fantastic guest. We're going to speak with Tom Jacobs today about uh, all sorts of amazing things that are really going to enrich uh, and, and clarify your experience of yourself and your experience of what you're getting in life and why you are getting it. Um, so if this is your first time joining, then by all means, welcome. Uh, I'm coming to you live or will be shortly on Facebook and, uh, and also on YouTube. So feel free to look me up there. So... <clears throat> Uh, in today's episode, you know, if you're a regular listener of the show, then you know that the the areas where I focus are very much uh, deeper than uh, than dating or than um, uh, uh, direct attraction, right? What do I do? The the how tos, right? Dating as sales, um, and this is something that we've spoken a little bit about before, um, but really want to dive in here because it's something that we experience a lot kind of in our day-to-day life. Um, how we uh, how we show ourselves, right? And, and of course, uh, again, if you're a regular listener of the show, I cover a lot about um, where we hide ourselves, where we don't allow ourselves to show out of fear and things like that. And what I, what I really want to clarify uh, here or explore a little bit more here um, is what effect that really has when we hide ourselves, when we um, don't sell ourselves, so to speak. Um, what is the effect that has? How does that affect your business? How does that affect your dating life, uh, etc.? And so, uh, I, I find that a really fascinating topic. I think my guest is, gonna, is, is absolutely an expert in this area, far more than I am. Um, and uh, all that I feel I, I can really bring here is that I had the experience of both dating throughout my life, but also starting a business and I had to learn how to sell myself. And it was so hard. Uh, and now I see other people who are struggling this. I mastered it because I simply because I had to. It was not my gift. It was not what I wanted to do. But I did it because I love this work and I want to teach it on a large scale. And uh, And then... You know, I, I, and now I see people doing the exact same thing and they're unable to get over that hump and really speak highly of themselves. So I think this hits a lot of different levels. Um, and so to my guest, Tom Jacobs, thank you so much for joining me. You are an expert in sales, uh, specializing in using stories uh, to enhance um, and enrich the sales experience or sales results. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much for coming. Cool. Well, thank you so much for for having me. This is uh, I, I always love coming on to different podcasts, and it's uh, nice being on one, on one about dating. So, <laughs> why not, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, why not? Yeah. 
I mean, because, you know, we were talking before sales, it hits every aspect of our lives. And it's not just about selling a product or a service, but you're really selling yourself and how you approach the sales and how you approach life uh, kind of mirror the results that you're going to get in both of those areas in your life and in, and in sales. So, um, but my, my story kind of starts when I was 16 years old, uh, just a couple of years ago. And <laughs> uh, I, just, yeah. I started a, a, a mobile DJ and a, a string quartet business. And so I was in high school. And uh, so I would, go around and do homecomings for other high schools, even as a high schooler, and then on into college as well. Uh, but also, uh, I play violin, and so we had a little string quartet, and so we, we would do weddings and uh, different events. So it was, it was kind of fun to kind of start that experience off as being an entrepreneur. And what I quickly realized is that um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, because I've been doing this for now 30 plus years. And, uh, and I think what, what that really means is I'm just allergic to working for somebody else. So, <laughs> yeah. um, <it's>, potato, potato. <laughs> it, it doesn't work out for either party <laughs> in so many different ways. But I was, I was in corporate jail. I, I call it corporate jail because um, it, it really felt like that, you know, clocking in at, at nine o'clock in the morning, leaving at eight and expecting to do um, other, th- you know, travel and all that, which was which was fine. But um, it all ultimately wasn't delivering a purpose for me. Um, I was in logistics and it just wasn't, wasn't the thing that I was doing. Um, but when I was, when I turned 30, um, I was overweight, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and, um, went to the doctor and doctor said, well, you need to make a change. And, um, what I suggest is that you go on this pill you know, for high blood pressure and cholesterol. And I was like, well, are there other options other than taking medication? Because that doesn't really fit like what I want to do. And I'm only 30. He's like, well, if, if you don't make a change, you're not going to hit 40. Mm. And and I was like, well, what should I do? And he's like, well, I don't know, just maybe eat better. <laughs> you know, literally, that was the conversation. Uh, he's, not, he's no longer uh, practicing uh, medicine. Thankfully, um, yeah, he, he does uh, bo- Botox and filler. <laughs> yeah. um, and then he had a few pounds to lose, too. So uh-huh. it clearly wasn't a call. He was good at doling out the advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? Uh, so so I, I, I found a program and it was called Body for Life. And it was a 12. It was a book and it was a contest as well. And basically, you follow the exercise program, you follow the uh, nutrition program. And I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy. I, I eat the same thing for lunch every day. <laughs> so, so it's like following a nutrition plan wasn't, I was like, well, I have this goal, I need to make it. And I entered this contest for the book, it was a hundred thousand dollar prize if you had the best body transformation. So that, wow. that kind of motivated me a little bit as well. Yeah, man. So I go through and I just follow the process. I did the exercise, what they said. I ate what they said, went to eat it, and in twelve weeks, I lost forty pounds of fat and gained ten pounds of muscle. Ooh, wow! <laughs> yeah, and but more importantly, when I went to go see my doctor, he was like. 
who who are you? And I was like, what'd you do? Yeah. Like, well, How did you feel in that moment when you know, he I, almost I, didn't recognize you? It, it was great. It was it was like, you know what? I you don't have to take medication to solve a medical problem if you don't need to. And it, you know, if you know everything comes from you know our food. And um you know, it was it was it was a really a great feeling, and to have corrected the cholesterol and the high blood pressure, and just to to feel great uh, once again was was pretty amazing. Um, like I said, I, I did enter the contest for a hundred thousand dollars, and I remember you, you, they they made you fill out a form with an essay, like what it meant to you, and so like I was like crying while I was doing it. It was so meaningful. And so I made sure that I had some tear stains on the, on the sheet of paper <laughs> when it went in. Just for good measure. <laughs> of course, yeah. And uh, I remember getting the FedEx package back from the company, and you know, like it was delivered FedEx. And you know what was inside of it? A T-shirt. <laughs> an extra large t-shirt. Oh, come on. And it, no, they didn't even send me like a medium. I was like, come on, I, I lost all this weight. A medium. <laughs> Why the extra large? <laughs> yeah. And a, and a certificate of completion. But ultimately, I got my life back. And what that also did was got me into the type of business that I really was passionate about. And, you know, for, for the previous you know, 14 years, I had been working corporate, but also had all these side gigs. And I always had that safety net of the corporate gig so that if things didn't work out, which oftentimes they didn't, then I always had this, I always had the corporate gig to pay the bills. But none of that ultimately had a purpose associated with it. You know, I was a, a dance instructor, which I, I can't dance. Um, I (laughs) had a a Fred Astaire. So really, you're ballroom ballroom. dancer. I'm a certified ballroom dancer. No, no, no. I I, I lasted two weeks in the training program. (laughs) I lasted at least a little bit longer than that, you guys. At least a little bit longer than that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like, you you can't dance, so you can't work here. They didn't teach you how to how to dance before they asked you to teach. Well, they were trying to teach me, and I just couldn't learn fast enough. I guess. Yeah, I can cha cha. I mean, but that's hey, about it. That's pretty easy. That's pretty good. Cha cha's pretty good. Yeah, but ultimately, I, I um, so that I can I can cha cha with you, and we can demonstrate as uh, in, in between topics. That's really. And now we're something completely yeah. different, and we just catch uh, off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So a lot of odd things that I did uh, through it, but the fitness thing really stuck for me because it it really transformed my life. And while I was going through that whole transformation process, people were asking me like, "What? What were you doing? Like, what's your magic? What's the secret? What's the magic pill that you're taking to lose all this weight?" And I ultimately started teaching people and I got certified as a personal trainer. And then after a year of kind of doing that on the side, then I uh, opened up my own fitness center. And that was my first kind of big, no safety net 
dumped out my entire 401k to open this business and really make it something special. And within six months, I was broke. Oh, I burned through all of my cash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was at that point that I realized that I needed to learn how to sell. Mm. I'd never, I'd never had to. And all the side gigs ultimately failed be- because I couldn't sell. I didn't know how to sell. And I didn't think I was good enough to sell. Because you, you see all these images of salespeople, you know, with the plaid coat and the plaid pants that don't quite match. And they're like, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's do that. So, you know, wheel and deal, wheel and deal. And that's just not me. Yeah. And um, I, I invested in some coaching on how to sell. Uh, more consultative and specifically how to sell fitness. And I learned that it was a process. Just like when I was losing weight, I followed the process to a T. And the reason, one of the reasons I went to, went, went broke in the first six months is my sales process was people would come into the facility and they'd say, oh, I'm kind of interested in personal training. It's like, great. It's, you know, $60 a session, 10 sessions, you get one free. You want to do it or not? Yeah. That was my sales pitch. I didn't work. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. Odd. So finally, you know, I learned the whole process, went through the, the, the consultation. And the first sale that I made was for 100 sessions for $5,500. Damn. <laughs> Like when I, when I asked the, like, this is like the mindset that I had because I spent my last $2,000 on this coaching program that I didn't have. I put it on on a credit card and I had to go through it super fast so that I could pay the credit card bill Mm -hmm. if it was going to work. I put a lot of trust in, in this program. And when I, when I went through the thing and I asked the lady and it was like, and I remember her to this day too. Um, it's like we're my first sale. And mm-hmm. I, I remember her saying, well, you know, based on my expert opinion, you really need this hundred session pack. Um, did you want to put that on Visa or MasterCard? Nice. And they taught me to just kind of shut up at that uh-huh. point. And that's why I teach my, my salespeople now. And when I teach and when I coach people on sales, it's just shut up. Like, it's not your job to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, once I did that and I, I was looking at her and it was like this really long pause. And I'm sure it wasn't all that long, but um, it felt, she was getting, it felt like, was like an hour, right? Oh, my gosh. Right. And I was I was like thinking, well, oh, my gosh, she's not going to do it. I should reduce the right. I, sh- I, sh- I should like offer 10 sessions. Maybe she'll go for 10 sessions. <laughs> So, but, I, but I kept my mouth shut and she was like, mm, yeah, put it on the visa. <laughs> and I, and I, and I think I said out loud, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and I, will put point to like, I don't have MasterCard. Why does it matter? Like, does it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Put it on the visa then. <laughs> I remember. I remember that too. Those first few sales of just being, I was also, I was so uncomfortable. I had to mute. I used to mute the thing so that I didn't try to try to talk over. I desperately wanted to, because I wanted to help, lo- I, my excuse was, oh, I want to help large numbers of people. I want to take this work to a global level. I can help, here comes the story, smoothly. It goes from intention smoothly into story. The intention is I want to teach this on a global level, which is very much what I intend to do. 
And then it slides into story of I can help more people if I charge less, which is actually Uh-oh. very, very much not accurate. But again, one of those limiting beliefs, right? Uh-huh. Oh, here, I'll just, I'll just maybe yep. she'll do 10 sessions. Maybe, maybe just a one-off. Okay. One, yeah, right. Maybe a free coaching call. Maybe just, just a, what's one more free coaching call? That'll really do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is really so similar too, isn't it? It's really about the self-worth. It's so fascinating how everything comes back down to the, self, the self-worth. You know, you believe in your product. Yeah. And yeah. God knows I believe in mine. It's like, you need this. Yeah. You, you, you need this. Exactly. I can help. And, <laughs> yeah. And when I'm, when I'm training people on sales and specifically, you know, I work with a lot of solopreneurs that it's their business. So therefore it's their identity. And so if somebody says no, they're not saying no to the service in the eyes of the, you know, the story that we tell in our head, they're actually saying no to us as a person. And any in, in the fitness business, you know, I got to, I scaled it. And after I got that first sale, then my business grew 400% in a year. Yes. And ultimately I had a, I ultimately had to hire somebody else to do, help me with sales. And her close rate was much better than mine. I had not like a 95% close rate. Hers was like 98%. Wow. And I was like, don't you have like some stories in your head about like, you know, worth? And I was like, she was like, no, this is your program. And like, I'll just sell it. Like, it doesn't mean anything to me whether they buy or not. I just know that it's good for them and they're going to benefit. So I'm not going to stop until they say yes. <laughs> I was like, oh. did, she still, did she still work for you? If not, does, does she want to work for me? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, funny thing, I sold that business three years ago and she was, she, she started working with me like right after I learned how to sell. So she saw the whole, like she was my, my left hand and my right hand. And, uh, she's still working there with the new owners. So I'm like, she's worked at my company longer than I have. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) she's figured that shit out. I love that so much because that is, there's a detachment there. And I just, I have to put this in. This is very much my realm. Um, We talk a lot about going, uh, walking up to a woman, right? There's the sale you want to make. I'm selling myself. I am worthwhile. I'm amazing. You want to go out on a date with me. Um, And then, but there's all this attachment to it. Oh, she, first of all, we assume she's going to say no. Okay. Or he's going to say no. And then we assume uh, if they don't say no, that, um, or if they do say no, that it's about us, right? As you said, they're not rejecting the idea of a date. They're rejecting you personally. They are looking at you and deciding you are a piece of shit and you are unworthy and she's so much better than you. And we just make it into this huge thing. And really all she said was no, thank you. But when you can go in and and the reason is because the reason because it's a big deal is we're attached same way you were attached and you were still having incredible closing rates so I'm 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 having to work a little bit here but you were you know still kind of attached it was it was your your identity your business right and your your rep was like this this is this is uh she's she's, she's there's a space of unattachment and when there's unattachment there's no pressure it's like imagine approaching a woman and having all of your self worth dependent on what she says 
oh my God, I, I back away just thinking my body like moves backwards in my seat, just thinking about it like, oh my God, like this is too, too much. You're making me responsible for your happiness. You know, and instead that space of non-attachment is so powerful. Whatever is whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I'm not gonna stop until, you know, I get what I want. That's that's stunning. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, and that, that energy that you put off too, whether in the sales situation or a dating situation, Ooh. that energy that like like versus just swagger and like, you know, in, in the sales, it's like you need this. Like I have what you need. You have a problem and you're not leaving here until we fix it. <laughs> and, you know, give me a couple thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, this will be good for you. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah. That swagger is so, is so, is so, so, so important. And I think people associate that with either being confident or having high self-worth. And I honestly think it's more connected to just being okay with either outcome. They're going to buy or they're going to you know, buy. I, I learned, yeah. And, and I've learned through a lot of study that it's how you frame the whole context as well. And the person with the stronger frame will always be the one selling. Whether mm. the prospect is selling you their excuse or you're selling them your, pro your program. Somebody's buying in that situation. Interesting. I like that. There's always a buyer, and, there's always a seller. And so then in order to not be the buyer, even if they're not selling, you're, you're just not accepting their excuse. Right. You have to have more conviction that your program, your service, your product is going to solve their problem than they have. The conviction of them saying, I can wait, which is my favorite excuse ever. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. let me let me start working out a little bit before I start working out. Mm -hmm. yeah. I worked for you in the past. Yeah, how, how many years? Let me start you to walk right. in the door. How many? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and but if you're convinced as a salesperson that your product is the bomb and they have to have it to fix your problem, and legitimately, if your program can fix their problem. That's why there's always that consultative approach. Then you're going to make the sale. Otherwise, you're buying their excuse. Yeah. Man, doesn't that just boil it down to, to the most simple thing? It, re it reminds me of this little, this little parable uh, or story that I heard of, of the Buddha. So the... Buddha was walking through towns with his, <clears throat> with his followers and a man came up in one town and started shouting at him and yelling at him being like, you're a fraud and you're teaching all these things and it's nonsense and it doesn't exist and it's not real and you're defrauding people and Buddha's just sitting there and smiling, smiling and, and he rants for a while longer and he realizes he's not going to upset and finally he just goes and Buddha's just smiling and he just continues walking and, and then his followers a few minutes later go, you know, Buddha, why didn't you why didn't you say something? Why didn't you tell him he was wrong? Um, you know, why didn't you defend yourself? And he said, if someone gives you a gift and you do not accept it, to whom does the gift belong? And they said, well, to the giver. And he said, exactly. 
<laughs> and so there's this way in which that. people people hand you something and you automatically take it. This is what reminded me of this from, from the sentence. You're like, are you buying it or are you not? People hand you something and you will automatically reach out your hand to accept it with no conscious thought. Do you want to accept? She's handing you a book. Do you want to, to take that book? And we don't even we don't even sort of think of it. But <clears throat> if there's a if, if something's coming at you, in order for you to uh to in order for it to affect you, you have to accept it. Right? You go up to a, a woman or you get on a sales call and they're they're awful to you. They're just totally nasty. You can either take that on, take it personally, own it, attach to it. Oh God, you're right. I am terrible at the sales game. Or you can be like, okay, so is that a no thank you? All right, great. Well, you know, 24-hour fitness is right down the street. Best of luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you tend to exactly. do? Exactly. I mean, your, the, keep your energy up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, um, in, in terms of just the accepting of the excuses as well, like a lot of times the objection isn't really an objection. Yes. Like people are just are just saying out loud, oh, that seems expensive. And a lot of times I'll just go, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's because it's very good. It is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, again, Visa or MasterCard, which is it? <laughs> it's absolutely expensive. My- and you're going to love weighing 100 pounds less and spending the money that you have. Trust me. <laughs> yep. Exactly. That's massive. So, so when in- you... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I think there's a little delay. There's a little bit of delay. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so when you when you do uh, go into a sales, I imagine this is sort of a default now, but when you first started out, how did you uh, or did you manage to kind of keep your energy up through the rejection or after the rejection to get on the next call? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So first of all, I'm an introvert. So like the natural introvert, I I get my energy from quiet and no people around me. <laughs> so as an introvert, we're actually some of the best salespeople. Oh, interesting. Because we follow a process. Yeah, we follow a process. We're not it's not it's not related to how we're feeling. If we feel on that day or off that day, it doesn't matter. It's a process. We're just gonna go through it. I was actually and and so, yeah, and, and so that's where the detachment comes from in terms of if somebody says no, or that's just part of it. It's, yeah, you're going to get a few no's now and then. No big deal. I'm going to take some notes. What could I have done better? Because that's part of the process is a after action review and just going, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I could have done better at rapport building. Oh, I didn't ask enough questions. Okay, next time, log it away and, and go go to the next one. But I was coaching this this woman um, for a client of mine. So a lot of business owners will hire me to <clears throat> coach their employees, especially troublesome ones. <laughs> and 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 this this woman, she was probably you know in my age and around my age, about fifties <laughs> age, and she's been in sales forever. You know, like one of those seasoned salespeople. Ah, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> and and I'd ask for as part of the coaching process, I want to see metrics and numbers and things like that. And, you know, it's like, and we'll just call her Susan. Um, Susan, you know, I, I, I saw that um, there was no calls made on Thursday and Friday. Like I thought you were, the goal was to make 10 calls a day. 
And she was like, oh, Tom, I was just, you know, Thursday and Friday, I just, my energy was off a little bit. And I just, you know, it, it's not good if I make sales calls when my energy is down. I just, I just can't do it. I'm not going to make a sale. I'm like, well, with an attitude like that, of course, you're not going to make a sale. <laughs> and we just kept going back and forth about it. Your energy doesn't matter. Just make the freaking calls. Mm. The process works whether you feel on or not. And that's kind of the, the typical extrovert approach to sales. It's like when they're on, they're on. They're making sales left and right. But when they're off, they're completely off. Yeah. That is you know, it's like the, <laughs> the turtle in the hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's resonating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean that an extrovert can't be a good salesperson. It's just, okay, I recognize. It's just like introverts who think, oh, I can never be a salesperson. It's just switching the, the little switch and like, okay, it's a process. I don't feel great today, but I'm just going to work the process. Yes. And just Is do that the So like each sort of like uh, set of core qualities or things that you're naturally good at and then needing the balance. Like I'm taking from what you're saying. I'm like, this, that's, that's actually good for me to learn too because I feel off and I'm like, oh, I wish I had no calls today. And then the next day I'm like, boom, I want to take all the calls. Where is everybody? <laughs> and it's, it's powerful, but it's not the most consistent of things. Uh, and that consistent space of just being like, just the process works. Um, and I focus a lot in this uh, show and I'm, I'm really g- glad that you just said that because I'm focused a lot on uh, how you come into it with your energy absolutely dictates the outcome, right? If you come in, uh, you speak to a woman and you're confident and you've got that swagger, then it's different than if you come in certain that it's going to fail. On the other hand, what you just brought up is also simultaneously true, which is that, you you know, if you're afraid of rejection, you're going to be afraid of rejection. You just need to do it and assume that it's going to feel like shit and you're going to be okay anyway. And the, the, the process yeah, works. Nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to die. They're just feelings. Your feelings are not going to hurt you. <laughs> They're just uncomfortable. And if you tolerate them and just do the same thing. I actually had a client who did this. He actually came on the show at one point. And he, this wasn't even my exercise. I always want to take credit for it, but I can't. I didn't tell him to do it. He just decided that every day he was going to speak to, I can't remember, uh, two or three people, uh, women, uh, who were in his dating range. And it was just like if you were saying hi to the woman at the gas station or something, but he was just going to do it over and over and over again. Um, and he, very quickly, you know, he, he was releasing blocks with me in, in our coaching program. And then he was going out and practicing and he was incredibly introverted and very, you know, shy and afraid. And he just kind of did it, did it, did it until he, until it was easy. And it was only, it was only maybe like a week or two Uh for it to be really easy and confident. It was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. One of the games that I like to play with uh, salespeople, especially new ones is go get a hundred no's today. Uh, go get a hundred no's. They can't do it. You, you can literally, you cannot get like ask people for the most ridiculous things in the world. Like, Oh, Hey, you know, I don't have money for gas. Can you fill me up? Oh, okay. <laughs> People will do things for you if you just ask. Like I, <laughs> I like cosmetic procedures. I will not lie. Oh. So um, <clears throat> I went in for some Botox, uh-huh. and they they had some laser as well. <clears throat> and they were like, "Oh, well, you know, I got a package and all that." And I was like, "Oh, are you going to throw in some a laser treatment too?" And they're like, "Okay." 
<laughs> so a free laser treatment. <laughs> hey. Can't hurt. Never try, never know. <laughs> what are they going to take? No. A hundred no's in a day. That is really great because you're right. You probably can't actually achieve it. But I love that you start to be focused when you shift your focus so blatantly to the no, that that which you were previously petrified of. All of a sudden, you're, you're, you're not afraid of it anymore. You're like, I want the no. It, it, it reframes the no. Yeah, wow. it's not so bad anymore. It doesn't hurt. It's like not so bad you, you go up, you lean, like you're leaning into it, right? Yes. And it turns out all the shit you're afraid of is not so bad when you actually lean into it, but your fear is telling you to run the other way. And all of this like story is happening up in our head that's like not even existing in the real world. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like doing any kind of like, Firewalk or walk on glass or anything like that. Have you ever done any of those? I haven't, but I've seen people do it. Yeah, so I've, I've done both. I've done a firewalk several times. I've walked on glass as well. And not that it's going to reveal anything, but it's it doesn't hurt you. It does. It can't hurt you because of the way that the glass is done and and all that. And but it's that fear where you're stepping up. And and you're you're in front of fire and you know the music's going and, and all that. And you know, you see the smoke and you know, you yeah. see the hot coals. But literally the way that it's set up, you cannot burn. Huh. So, but it's that fear factor that's leading up to it. And then once you go through it, what that's teaching you is that fear often stops us from doing things. But when we actually go through on it, it's really not as bad as we thought it would be. Yes. And that's the exact right wording. It's not as bad as we thought it would be. It's the thoughts that are the worst. And they literally don't exist. Like we're just like living in this Thought. world that's just made up, just completely invented. It's like, it's like literal, literal delusion. Yeah. Thoughts becomes our actions sometimes, unfortunately. Totally. And those underlying beliefs, they just, they, they form everything. It's like, oh, I can't do that. So you don't even consider doing that. You don't even notice yourself saying no to you. You're like, that's just the right, that's just the way the world is. We're all looking at different worlds thinking, yep, that's the way the world is. It's absolutely batshit out there. Yeah. I mean, imagine what, what, you know, this past year has been um, an interesting one to see how people react to it. I've had my best year yet. Ah, excellent. And we're so in a... And we're in a global economy backlash. We're in a lockdown pandemic. Nobody can go anywhere. Well, guess what? Nobody can go anywhere. The the money, there's still the same amount of money is in the world as there was a year ago. It's just not moving around the way it normally does. So find pivot and find where you can pivot and get your share of what you were doing before. And isn't that the same way too? You know, everything is, so it's a, it's a whole different situation. Global recession, as you said, you can be like, oh, nobody has any money. There's a story you're telling yourself because you're projecting onto other people. Nobody has any money. Nobody's going to buy anything. As opposed to actually nobody's spending money anymore. So I know a lot of people who are like, I have saved so much money this year because I'm not going out drinking. I'm not going out to restaurants. You know, there's like kind of, take out and, you know, Hulu and like, otherwise, what, what else am I spending money on right now? Uh, and so <clears throat> there's this way, isn't there, where a, an objective situation happens 
you're approaching a woman, you're making a sale, there's a global pandemic, and you can see the, the oh, I can get through this. You can see it as a challenge. You can rise up to it. You can level up or you can let it collapse you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, your, it's our choice how we, how we view things. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. And it really changes yeah. the thing. I have a, I've had a number of people be like, this is my this is my best year yet. I've I've had a great pandemic. I've like, you know, obviously it's a terrible thing and we wish it hadn't happened. But like given right. that it does happen, and guess what? Life's gonna, you know, how do you want to how do you want to respond? Who do you want to be given yep. the world that you're in? Yeah, absolutely. And and the ones that are accepting where you're at and pivoting and finding new avenues and are still marketing and are still selling, those are the companies that are going to, you know, by mid, mid 21 or whenever, when, when this is waning, those are the ones that are going to take off. And, and the success is going to be amazing for them. <laughs> but the you ones know, that I just kind of sat back and go, I can't do it. Yes. And they're right. And they don't do it. And I find that, 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 and I wonder if this happens as much in sales as well. Um, <clears throat> the the way the the powerful way in which people create their own reality, and so you you you're, you're we're talking about it now. You know, you 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 make it into what you what you want. Um, what do you? So let's say you're working with a sales. I, I love I love actually talking about sales because a I had such a hard time with it, and it was such a hard thing for me, and um, and I'm really quite good at it now, and that's a, that was a big deal for me because that's not like I'm amazing at my healing work as well, but I've always, that's like built into me. The sales I really had to like install, it was like an upgrade I had to install. Um, and, and yet there's so, there's so many like uh, crossovers, right? It's, it's really like kind of the exact same process. So if you had somebody who came to you um, trying to learn sales and they were just repeating that kind of story where they're like, this is, this is, this is who I am. I'm not a salesperson. I'm an introvert. I'm not a salesperson. I'm an extrovert. I'm not a salesperson. However, it is that you, whatever story you want to tell, but you can just see that they're they're kind of wrapped, kind of cocooned in their own reality in that way. Um, what did, what would you what would you do to help them out of that? So I, I would ask one question: When did you decide that? Ooh. So when did you decide that you were not good at sales or when did you decide that you're not good enough? Or when did you decide? Because then, you know, like I could tell them all day long how, what a great person they are, how great their sales could be and all that, but they're not going to, I mean, it's the same when you're, when you're selling something, you could tell somebody all day long, you know, this is the best cell phone ever. This is, you need this. It has all these features. They're not going to buy it unless they want it and need it. Mm-hmm. So, in, you need to get people to tell you why they need it. And so, when you get into like, when did you decide that you know it's not working for you that that you're not a salesperson? Well, and then they just kind of go, "I was like, I guess I never really did this. Was it a decision?" And now they're going, "Wait a second, it was a." De- well, was it a decision? Was it not a decision? So there, there's this huge conflict now that that's going on in their brain. And then, then they, if they're good, <clears throat> if they want it, then they're going to come out of it and go, well, if I decided I was a bad one, I can decide to be a good one. Yes. It's a great. 
which one would you like to be? Because I'll work with you if you want to be a good one. I'm not going to work with you if you don't want to be a good one. (laughs) I really like that. There's a lot of layers in that question, uh, which I'm sure is intentional on your part. Um, You know, the the it reminds me a little bit of an NLP question <clears throat> when you are you're doing hypnosis and you're acting asking things that like don't quite make sense and that's intentional and so the brain's like trying to wait wait hold on and as it's doing that you're able to reprogram something because it, it kind of pulls the focus so you ask when and they start thinking about when meanwhile they're now assuming that they decided that they were in fact, which of course is what you wanted them to do. You wanted them to own that decision and realize they made that up. But instead of being like, you made that up, and they'd be like, no, I didn't. You could say it went. And so there's that, that kind of like twist there. I hope I didn't just out your question. Uh. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, actually that's, that's where I learned it from. <laughs> as, as is really, yeah, it reminds me of that. It's another certification that I have, I have all of them. I have all of the ones. Um <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So then this, okay. So then let's, cause this is, cause this is again, just translates so, so well from sales into dating. So hopefully all you guys who are struggling with like, uh, approach anxiety and fear of rejection and low self-confidence and low self-esteem, um, and you know, negative patterns where you've lost some trust and you going into it, assuming that it's not going to go well. All of this shit is the exact same thing, right? This is about your mindset. Your mindset is your mindset, whether you're on a sales call or you're a you're uh, approaching an attractive woman or you're walking by or you're, you know, sitting alone at your couch. Um, and so seeing that it's your decision, when did you decide? That's a great question. When did you decide that you were, that you had approach anxiety? And anxiety is something that, you know, I, I finally keep coming back to and I've gotten massive results with people um, with anxiety without, you know, really particularly choosing to specialize in this area. <clears throat> but it's amazing how much can turn around but people hold it differently. They they sort of take it as I'm, I'm I'm a thing. Oh, I'm I'm I have anxiety. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So how's your anxiety? My anxiety looks like this. How does your anxiety look? Like it's this, it's like it's this thing that is something. It's like hardwired into you, and you're gonna have it until the day you die. Kind of like oh, I'm an introvert, so I'm not gonna be good at sales. And it's like, well. First of all, what what do you mean introvert? Like, you know, what does that label mean to you? It might mean something a little bit differently than it does to me, right? You're like, oh, I don't love huge crowds of people. That's cool. Like, you don't necessarily have to equate that with being introvert. Maybe you just don't love, you know, or maybe you like them, but only on Wednesdays. Um, But it's so, (laughs) but it's so socially acceptable, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. It's so like everybody, everybody yeah. gathers, oh, you're just, no, oh, you're not good at sales. Oh, because you don't like being salesy. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course you don't. Uh-huh. That makes perfect sense. I support that image of yours. Instead of being like, oh, well, <laughs> is that the only way to do sales? Or is there like another way? Um, and so with anxiety, you know, people say, say it as anxiety. And one of the first things I say is, uh, it's, stop calling it anxiety and instead call it fear. Because that's what it is. And when it's fear, first of all, it's less socially acceptable. I'm afraid of women. Wait, what? What do you mean you're afraid of women? What is that? I mean, I'm with you. They're terrifying creatures. But like when you say that, that's going to raise a few more eyebrows. And if you're like, I have approach anxiety. And you're like, oh, yeah, my dad had that. I, I get it. It's like it's yeah. totally acceptable thing. Um, so, so in that way, what do you find, what are the ways that you find um, that people tend to hold themselves back the most when they're trying to do sales and it's not working? Like what are the main issues that they struggle with? 
Well, one is the rejection piece. So um, I'm working with several salespeople right now that, that when they get to the objection, and again, the objection is just a clarifying question at the end to me. It's not them saying no. And they jump immediately to, oh, they're saying no, so I need to close down the conversation mm. and then go on to the next sales call. I'm like, why are you closing down the conversation? They didn't say they're not interested. They just made a comment that it seemed expensive. Mm. So I, I tend to work with them primarily on just role play and getting the reps in, right? It, it's, it's You're building a muscle. It's like working out. You can't just do it one time and expect a result. It's, you have to just go consistently and practice and practice and practice. And then ultimately, the, that anxiety or the fear is going to go away or it's going to be dampened enough and you're going to live allow those positive messages in your brain to overshadow the negative messages in our brain. And when, when you do it enough times, and then, you know, it's like, okay, it's second nature. And so do you find that the best way to get through that particular fear is just to kind of blow through the, the wall, so to speak? Yeah, just sheer yeah. repetition. Just it's sheer solid, repetition. Solid approach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, Earlier, you know, as, as when the pandemic was starting, like I slipped into just like this despair because half my clients left. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? And oh, this pandemic is awful. And, <laughs> you know, and, you know, I work with a business coach and, you know, my daily metrics that I have to meet every day. And I wasn't I wasn't doing the reps. And she was just like, well, are you making your five connections a day? No, nobody wants to cut. You know, everybody's like, I'm like, what freaking story is this? And so <laughs> I, I started doing it again. Just, you know, doing my calls every day. Just even if I didn't feel like it. Yeah. And, you know, for a good month, I didn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. And boom, it just changed. And business took off again. I think there's a lot to be said for, and you've touched on it a couple of times with sort of not quite following the energy, which again, I'm, I'm pretty huge on, but also had to really learn to balance with that just like slightly more rigid, like just consistent, um, not like stagnant, consistent, like doing the same thing every day, uh, which my system does not normally love, um, but I love the results of it. You know, I, start, I get to help so many more people when I'm actually, um, you know, closing. And I did, I shut my business down for a little while because uh, I was in uh, quarantine with my mom and the internet was terrible and I had all these sorts of things going. But then like towards the end of it, I was like, I mean, not, you know, early end, like probably the beginning, very beginning of May, I was, I was, I was back. I sort of took my break and I was like, all right, that's enough. And I came back and I had one of the best years I've had. Yeah. Um, and so as, uh, yeah. And so it's really that kind of, how do you, how do you want to take it? What story and, do you want to tell? Exactly. And, and it's not that you don't take the breaks and you don't re-energize and, and do the self-care that you need to do. I mean, that's what the weekends are for. <laughs> or, you know, I do three day weekends and I work four days a week. Yeah, me too. And it's, you design it the way that you want to design it and the result that you want. And this year, I'm, I'm playing around with the three-week month. Oh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to see if that works. Have you tried it? Have you really tried it yet? 
Not yet. No, no. I'm just kind of planning it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will work. Wasn't, uh, I think pre-pandemic, wasn't Google starting to work on a four-day work week? Or they they changed over there? I've heard that a few times. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and I was on the 980 schedule, which was every other Friday off when I was in corporate work. But yeah, I haven't really worked a Friday in, in forever. Huh. Yeah, but now I I'm remember. Try it like one week. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's really valuable. I, I um, again, I'm sorry, I keep, I keep finding sort of relationship connections, but I support this a lot in relationships as well. Um, with people sort of finding out what works for you, you can make your work life if you're, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you have that that type of uh, spirit. You can make your work life whatever it is and still make however much money you want to make like you can form it um however you want um and same with your relationship your relationship doesn't need to be you know uh whatever constant doesn't need to be like all the time it doesn't need there can be a lot of space in relationships there can be multiple people in relationships it doesn't have to be monogamous it doesn't have to be non-monogamous it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be anything um you know everybody has these sort of different things some people consider like flirting with other people cheating you know, I will be single for the rest of my life if people consider that and who are dating me, like, I would just, just give up now. Like, it's just not going to happen. How I connect with people. So just assume that's going to happen everywhere. And <laughs> with that, then this is probably not the ride you want to go on. Um, and, and I think that there's, that's real beauty in that. And the, the thing I think is so valuable about that, and I don't know if this is your experience or not, is that you had to really, or, or currently are maybe, looking inward and seeing what works best for you. Mm-hmm then you manifest it outward instead of sort of assuming, again, the story, oh, well, work has to be nine to five or work has to be Monday to Friday or work has to be every month of the, a week of the month or every month of the year. Maybe you want to take every July off, you know, and it turns out that's your recharge time or however. And and in that way, you're able to kind of, again, disconnect from the story of how it has mm-hmm. to be and kind of create it the way you want. Absolutely. And one of my mentors, um, told me this a couple of years ago and, and he was like, the more that I do, the less that I make. The more that I do, the less I make. So I don't do anything. Consistently doing things or like the, the number of things that he engaged in like the, in his business? Like the, the number of things. So like, you know, he, he's like, I don't do my own social media. I don't, I don't write my own emails. I don't, and he's a published author. I don't write my own books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, get ghost writers and, you know, speaks it, you know, works with them. And, but doesn't do the kind of the, the um, I don't want to call it mundane stuff, but kind of the, the, the mundane stuff. <laughs> yeah. You, you hire that out to people that are going to do it better than you, that your time is better spent strategizing and, building a business. That's kind of the ideal entrepreneur goal, isn't it? It's like at the beginning, you have to do everything and then you hire out all the stuff that you don't actually have to do until you're just doing the things and so you can focus on that brilliance. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time when I had my fitness center, um, I, I struggled. I needed an assistant so badly, but I was there for 16 hours a day. So I started at 5 a.m., I finished at 9 p.m. It was an open gym as well, which was a mistake, <clears throat> as well as personal training. So I personal trained during that time. 
but it was also open gym, so I couldn't leave. Mm. And I was struggling with the idea of hiring somebody to, one, just be there, just babysit the place, and then just do like filing and setting up new client folders and scheduling and just kind of those things that take a lot of time, but need to be done. And I was like, oh, I can't afford $10 an hour. That's like 20, like even part time. That's like $200 a week. Oh my God, I'm going to go God. broke. <laughs> so I built the, bit the bullet. I hired this guy for, you know, 20 hours a week, $10 an hour. Literally the next, next week I made $10,000. Oh my gosh. Because my energy was refreshed. I was able to do more marketing and more networking and more sales calls. I was like, thing, oh, wait. Sold. Yeah. $200 turns into 10000 That's a pretty damn good investment. Uh, maybe I need another assistant. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> How many assistants can I have? <laughs> as many as it takes. <laughs> so you don't do anything. <laughs> really? And the amazing and fo- the, the focus that comes with that, as you said, you're focusing on your sales calls, the, the part that's actually income producing, the part where you're the best to do it. I love that. The clarity that comes with that, right? Oh, so good. Yeah. Because, you know, scrubbing the toilets, you know, it, it doesn't like bring a lot of energy <laughs> and, and new thoughts. That's weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fantastic. Man, I, I love this. This has been such a great discussion. Thank you so much. Um, anything you want to, uh, to add before we go? Um, uh, first, we'll do topic-wise, and then I'd love for you to talk about uh, where people can find you and what they can hire you for and uh, what your kind of area of, of brilliance is um, and, and how people can, can make use of your services because they sound phenomenal. Yeah, cool. You know, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I want to pass on to anybody, especially, you know, sales or introverts that are in the dating realm as well, is just do the exercises necessary to just be consistent with it. You know, it's tracking your numbers. It's just, it's making the calls, whether you feel like it or not, and following a process. When you follow a process that is proven to work, you get the same result over and over again, which is a positive result. Now, on the negative side of that, if you keep doing the things that don't work, that's insanity. Mm -hmm. So it works both ways. Yeah. Which in your world was was hiring coaches, which I love that you mentioned multiple times that you did because boy, does that accelerate the issue. And obviously, I have an agenda here because I can fix your problems. Uh, but truly, I mean, you can deal with it for another few. I have people call me sometimes on a call and they'll say, oh, I'm not quite ready or oh, it's too much money or something like that. And I go, okay. And then like years later, they'll call me back and they have the exact same problem and they're the exact same place. And I'm like, you ready to fix this now? Or you want to keep, keep doing what you're doing? Sorry, carry on. No, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So where can people find you? What what do you what do you want to be hired for? What business are you looking for? Who's your ideal client? Uh, who can look you up? Yeah, awesome. So I help uh, solo practitioners, solopreneurs, uh, primarily in the the health space, um, fitness and medical, and I help them, you know, have a sales process in place, whether they're selling themselves or they have a salesperson selling for them. Um, and just put that process in place, put the scripting and help them just accelerate the business. Uh, my goal this year is to help a hundred practices double their income. Nice. Yeah. 
So they can find me at uh, my website is Tom Jacobs. So it's T-O-M-J-A-C-K-O-B-S.com. And I have a little um, book. It's called uh, The Storybook. And it's how to create your own personal story. So it's a workbook on creating your own personal story that will help you with creating a connection with your audience. So it's tomjacobs.com slash storybook. And so they can download that and insert the process of creating their own story. That is brilliant. Does that, um, I love the idea of that. Does that type of workbook work just to create your own story? Anything would it help with confidence and anxiety and all that type of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So like everybody loves a story, right? So it's how do you take a story in your life and then relate that back to either a sales situation or a dating situation so that you create a, a neural connection with your your prospect or your audience. And when and there's some studies that have shown that when the storyteller is telling a story, the story receivers, their brains are lighting up in the same areas. So there's there's that automatic connection. Hmm. And a kind of a neuro connection. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's fascinating. That is very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I think we did another hour just for that one uh, little segment there. I'm like, oh, wait, what do you mean? What happens in the neurons? I don't know what happened. That is awesome. Thank you so, so much for joining me, Tom. That's really great and super rich. Um, and I just, I really appreciate your time. I know how very busy and successful you are. It took me a long time, you guys, to nail this guy down. Uh, but he was very generous to share his time with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank for you. Being on the show. So much fun. Enjoyed it. <laughs> good, good, good. That's what I can do. I can make it fun. I uh, just need you guys, all the cool kids to show up and give us their amazing perspective. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, please download and subscribe the podcast. Uh, leave me a review if you haven't already. Uh, if you love the show, leave me a review. If you don't love the show, don't even worry about it. Just skip that part and uh, just download, subscribe. Uh, and most importantly, if you know anybody who can really benefit from this uh, from this podcast. It is a free resource. There's a huge amount of teaching and really good information on here. Uh, a lot of progress. I have people who uh, send me little notes and feedback of results they've gotten, not clients of mine, just people who've gotten results just from listening to the podcast. So if you know of somebody who um, would, would appreciate this or you think needs it, uh, please ha don't hesitate to send this along. Download, subscribe, do all the things. And I will see you uh, on our next episode. Thank you so much for joining. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.